Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Wes Johnson out in California. Jason Bolin, Cody is off tonight. We've got two Bears fans in the house from Three Point Stands podcast. Jonathan Baskerville and Alfredo. I don't know his last name. I'm going to learn it here shortly. Uh, he's going to be on uh, with his fellow Bears enthusiast, and we're going to talk about half the show, about the Chicago Bears, the trade request from Raquan Smith, Justin Fields, the art of rebuilding, Ryan Poles, the whole sh- the whole tamale for the Bears, and then talk some New England Patriots offense and finish up with some fantasy takes. That's on the agenda tonight. Foremost, however, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use this promo code, B-L-E-A-V, Believe50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. NFL Trend Zone is back this week. It is August 10th. We are going to talk all topics NFL, at least the prudent ones this, this week. But first, we have some Bears guests. So this is a returning guest. I think it's Jonathan's third time. Jonathan, how are you, my man? Doing well. Thanks for having me again, guys. I was excited and waiting for this <laughs> NFC discussion. Tell us <laughs> tell us again where you tell us about your podcast and where to find you in case we forget about it throughout the show. Hey, so uh, my first name is Jonathan. You can call me Ville. Uh, we're from Three Point Stands Podcast. I have my co-host Alfredo that'll be up to talk next. Uh, we're from Chicago. Uh, we love everything Chicago. Nothing else outside the borders. It is what it is. Bear down. FGB, by the way. I think all of us agree. Fuck Green Bay. Um, <laughs> but that's us. You can find us at Three Point Stands Pod. That's S T A N S Pod. Three Point Stands Pod on Twitter. You can also find us at YouTube or on YouTube at Three Point Stands Pod. Wonderful. All right. And then Fredo, he's your co pilot, right? Yep. That's my dog. All right, tell us about yourself, Fredo. Um, I am a White Sox fan, so he said everything Chicago except the Cubs, okay? So let's make that clear. <laughs> let's cut that off. <laughs> That's where we part ways. So uh, <laughs> uh, big Chicago White Sox fan, uh, big Bears fan, uh, big Bulls fan, uh, anti-Cubs all day, every day, even twice on <laughs> Jewish holidays. Um <laughs> So um, I'm the second half of the Three Point Stands podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Alfredo thirty thirty thirty. So that's about it. Hey, uh, are you a, are you a Frank Thomas fan? You got to be a Frank Thomas fan then, or is that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if we uh, we don't, we'd have all kinds of weird. Uh, so Wes likes the Giants for baseball. I'm Twins, always will be. And then Jason, are you Twins too? You know, I when I was a religious baseball fan back in my younger years, I was a huge White Sox fan myself. Um, so that's why I asked about Frank Thomas, oh. my favorite player by by far, my favorite player, I guess. Uh, and I was a more of a players guy, so I liked Ken Griffey Jr. a lot too. But yeah, White Sox all day. Okay, well, I didn't know that. That's a dirty little secret here. But yeah. <laughs> eight years into the mix, you reveal that one. Nine years into the mix, you tell me. Yeah, well, but I haven't watched baseball, you know, like I used to in probably yeah. two decades. So that's, that's why fair. I don't, okay. you know. Jason has no loyalty. No loyalty. No <laughs> no allegiance to baseball. Nope. All right, we're going to go into these Bears topics out of the gate because we have the two uh, Bears enthusiasts on the show. But I want to set the table, and I've been wondering this because for my website, vikingsterritory.com, I had to cover the Roquan stuff. And here's what I don't get. So I'm going to ask Fredo on his first shot on the show. Explain to me 
Last year, Roquan, Sw- uh, excuse me, Roquan Smith had a pro football focus grade of 47.8, but reputationally, he's still supreme. At least to me, I'm like, oh, that guy's a badass. He's good. What is it in the middle in terms of what he actually is? Or tell me from your perspective, is this dude awesome, average, or what? I think personally, he is uh, definitely good. But to put it into perspective, he's not he's not Fred Fred Warner. He's not Denarius Leonard. He's not Bobby Wagner. So to put it into his proper perspective, to me, he's average. Uh, especially that we're putting implementing a new defensive scheme. Um, and we're also debating on where he's going to fit. Um, so that remains to be seen. He hasn't played a snap under this new regime at all. Yeah, it doesn't so, look like he will either. <laughs> Perhaps possible. Jonathan, so he's a tackling machine. There's no denying that. PFF be damned. Um, is he, like I've always, and this should mean something, I see the guy twice per year on the field. I'm like, oh, shit, we got to play this guy. But then I, you know, do some reflection and look at these PFF numbers and they're not very good. So what from you, from your standpoint, Ville, tell me, Rokon Smith, damn good or average? Well, in the retro, in the, I'm sorry, in the vision of a tackling linebacker, I guess you could say he's damn good at that, using your terminology. Mm-hmm. He's a good side, sideline to sideline linebacker, obviously. He's got the speed to keep up with most backs and some wide receivers. Uh, definitely the tight end spot. He's decent in coverage, but in the run game is where he kind of falters. It's once those big linemen and those big guards get a uh, handle on him, he gets driven back quite often. And it looks quite bad if you really pay attention. But a lot of people erase those thoughts when they see a nice hit, when they see a nice, nice stick, he gets to the corner while the running back is trying to get off the edge gets a nice tackle for a loss that looks good but when he's beat he's beat especially when he's beat in coverage or when a fullback handles him and 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 pancakes him though that's where that pff grade kind of makes sense because you're able to watch him get he can't get off a block very well because he's lighting ass he's 510 i believe 220 228 uh leonard is about uh, Leonard and Wagner, I believe, are a little bit bigger, bigger, especially Warner. I keep saying Wagner because um, I'm thinking of Bobby Wagner, which <laughs> was the best linebacker <laughs> in football for a long time. Uh, Warner is 6'3", 230-something, you know, taller, bigger, more muscular. Uh, Roquan's kind of like the hermit version of all of them. So he can he can wrap up your legs, but a lot of his tackles come after the line of scrimmage. So once a linebacker, uh, a running back has gotten past four or five yards, what good is a tackle? You know, they're halfway <laughs> to a first down. So I think is huh? it, that's where he kind of falters. Uh, uh, other than other things, you know, Darius Leonard beats the hell out of him in uh, turnovers. But we'll yeah. talk about that at a later point. <laughs> so, so Fredo, is it is it this dynamic that the eighth overall pick from 2018 and then uh, has ferocious highlights um, and then this PFF score, is this why he's on the trading block? Like his reputation precedes him and polls doesn't think he's worth it or what's, what's the story there? I think a lot of it has to do with at the end of the day, what he thinks he's worth mm-hmm. and also what this new regime thinks that he's worth, um, which is a complicated situation because you're implementing, like I said, a new scheme. You uh, want him to be there. Uh, Pose said that they made him a respectable offer and that he was disappointed in regards to him coming out and making it public. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the reasons why they took him off the pup list today, because he will be fine now. Um, I think they were doing him a service by leaving him, you know, on the pup list. So that way he can, you know, stay from getting fined. But, you know, it looks like it's it's a hardball game. You know, this is a business at the end of the day. And you're you're paid for what you're going to do in the future, not for what you did in the past. So I'm, I'm a little bit more cynical when it comes to things like this, because I, I know that this team is not that, not that good, to be honest with you. Uh, we'll be lucky if we win four to six games. So that's my personal opinion about this team. But I feel like in 2023 is what we're setting up for. Okay. That's the first time I've heard a, a Bears voice say that. because it, it aligns. I don't know if I, if I think the ceiling's quite that low, um, but 
yeah, it's it's a breath of fresh air. Well, I guess I'm just so much on Twitter that I always see the, the optimism part. Like, oh yeah, so and so is gonna be gonna be badass. But uh, Jonathan, does the what do you what do you think that um, Roquan wants? Like twelve, ten to twelve million a year, or what do you think his price tag is? No, I think he would have probably flipped the table if you said that to him. Oh. Ten to twelve million is is why he's in the state that he's at right now, crying like a baby to media, <laughs> writing love letters about, you know, the team not loving him and this and that. I think what he wants is a range somewhere close to, if not surpassing Darius Leonard. Uh, or Shaquille shit. Leonard is his name. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Shaquille Leonard, he has to change his name. These celebrity guys, I don't know what's up with them. <laughs> but he wants about 20 mil oh per year, AAV. Um, and like Alfredo said, they they gave him an offer. They said it was respectable. They said it was record setting. So even if it's in the guarantees side of things, you know, what are you really looking for? To be named the highest paid linebacker? To just have that title? I'm the highest per average or per AAV linebacker in the league. Like it it, it doesn't make sense in any sense to me, really. Um, it just seems like a fight just for a title or just to say that this number is what's going on. He used the words that he doesn't believe that he's, he would be able to, he would jeopardize feeding his family basically <laughs> in that. Letter. And I, and when, when you say that to me, I'm all about people getting their bag. Like we talked about earlier in the year yeah. about, you know, receivers getting their bag, get your bag, but don't ever tell fans <laughs> that you feel like you're going to jeopardize your family when you make millions and somebody is guaranteeing you record setting numbers. Because I believe uh, Fred, uh, Fred Warner and uh, Leonard's guarantees are somewhere past 50 mil. So if you're guaranteed, that means off the bet, off of signing, you're guaranteed this money. Before you play it down, this is your money. Here you go, dog. Or, or this is coming to you, dog. Like, you can't tell me 50 million ain't feeding your family. What y'all eating? Y'all eating on gold, gold flake paper plates? So I got, t- I got two questions here. Uh, number one, there can be very, there can't be very many inside linebackers making that kind of money, can there? I mean, I have no idea. Twenty million for an inside linebacker? Nope. No, the t- top of the pack, and he nailed it. Uh, Bill did was Shaq Leonard, nineteen point seven per season. Fred Warner, nineteen per season. C.J. Mosley, seventeen. The whole reason I came up with ten to twelve was because Eric Kendricks makes ten, and then I look at this dude's pff score roquan and i'm like well you ain't gonna get 20 million for 47 blah 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 pff score (laughs) well yeah i mean and kendrick's is good i mean and and i mean i know that we've been dealing and i'm just speaking from like broncos perspectives but we've dealt with middle of the uh, inside linebackers for quite some time now there's no way in hell our team would ever pay somebody that much for inside linebacker yeah jewel gets 5.5 million yeah, I mean, and so I just, I mean, you'd have to be really, really special to get to garner <laughs> that kind of money, I would think. But and then the second question I have for Fredo is, what were you saying about the pup list and his inability to be fined? So basically, they had him on the pup list, which basically means that he was hurt, right? So well, it means right. that it, it protects him from being fined if he doesn't show up to practice and oh, things like okay. that. He gotcha. So, gotcha. To, so to, to today, they took him off of that. So they say you want to play hardball. So now what's going to happen is you're going to get fined $40,000 for every practice that you miss. Gotcha. If you miss a preseason game, you'll be fined a half a million dollars. And we're going to see if you're going to show up now. And then we're going to tell everybody that you're not hurt. So, you know, I I like it. I like it because I think personally we needed this type of uh, person to, to show the players that, hey, listen, I'll play hardball with you if I have to. We're talking about a general manager we have that was a former player. So I, I personally don't believe that they gave him an offer that was, you know, below $5 million or $6 million. And so and to, and to piggyback off of uh, Alfredo, uh, Adam Schefter went on ESPN 1000 today and was stating uh, against what Rappaport was reporting, how, there was a whole bunch of disc, uh, de-escalators and things in the contract, and that's why he felt disrespected. And he stated that he went to other league execs after he got the details on the contract. He went to other football personnel, other teams, other people within the NFL, and they were saying it's a top-notch deal. It's 
probably the best deal he's going to receive from any team. So right now, like Alfredo said, he's got to sit. If he sits, he has no real leverage. He's going to keep losing money over and over again. And then there's no other option for him to go to. So even if they do go trade him, he's going to be traded for picks and receive less than what the Bears <laughs> probably will be giving him. Yeah, it's a horrible position to leverage for him. None at all. Alfredo, uh, Alfredo was just talking. I'm going to let him uh, talk on it. Alfredo, tell them about what you discovered when it comes to um, what the Bears can do this year and next year. Well, it, this is another issue, too, is that he doesn't have an agent. So he's representing himself. <laughs> OK, so now, mind you, we had a similar situation like this with Richard Sherman, that that his he negotiated his deal so bad that the NFLPA had to step in and say, we, you, we can't let you accept this deal. The organization is taking advantage of you with this deal. <laughs> so the situation is, is that um, with with Roquan's situation is that if he sits out this year, he will not be eligible for free agency if he sits out the whole year. Oh, and the Bears are going to be finding him that amount of money that I mentioned to you. And it has to be collected because under the new collective bargaining agreement, what used to happen before is players, they used to say when they were in negotiation, they used to find you, find you, air quotes, right? Well, the, then when they, would, when they would negotiate, they would say, you don't have to pay those fines. Well, that's different now. Now they have to actually pay those fines to the NFL. Mm -hmm. So he's responsible to cut a check to the NFL for the times that he's getting fined for the team. Uh, not to mention that also, he, the Bears still have him for this year. He's still under contract for this year. Then we can also franchise him for another two years after that if we wanted to. <laughs> Which okay, will pay so, him on the average, like you just said. Leonard is paid almost 20 and Kendricks is paid 12. So where's his average going to be? Yeah. Less than what he wants, right? Yeah. Or, or it could, or, or less, or it could be, or it could be also less than what they offered him to begin with. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wes, we haven't forgotten about you, sir. So another caveat, and this matters, is Roquan is two-time second-team All-Pro. So I mean, he's got that on his resume. I, I think that he, I'm sure, probably thinks PFF is pure bullshit. Um, because it's not kind to him. And maybe I put too much stock and stake into PFF, but uh, setting the market with a dude who's never been a PFF savant ever, uh, but gets these all pro nods and tackles like crazy. Uh, what are we missing here? Like who will cave or give us more context, Wes, from a non-bearers angle? I mean, right now, the, all the power lies with the team. Um, like was mentioned, they activated him off the pup list. So now the ball's really in his court. Um, you know, he decided to air his dirty laundry in the public. And so the bears made the decision that they needed to, and they activated him off the pup list. He could have stayed on the pup list. And, um, you know, while he was still disgruntled, if this was all kept in house, but because it became public uh, because he, made it public uh they decided not to cut him any favors and to uh, act him activate him off the pup list and now he's in a position where he'll start incurring fines um for smith one of the the areas where uh, i would say it's preventing him from getting that top dollar is uh coverage um and that's just from stuff i've been able to garner regarding him um, he's decent in coverage, but I, I think those uh, Leonard's, the Wagner's, they are, you know, el elite at coverage uh, while also being just tackling machines. So um, not having, you know, that quality to him is also probably what's preventing the Bears from, um, you know, meeting his contract demands of wanting to be paid amongst those top guys. I wonder what they offered him. I wonder if we'll ever learn that because, yeah, I, I was way off base thinking it was 10 to 12. But, <clears throat> yeah, once you see those all pros on there and then there is no mistake. And he's always at the top of the league for for tackles. I think he's third since he entered the league behind. Who was it Warner and Derek? I think it's Warner and Leonard. Um, so th that checks out. 
but but being a tackling machine doesn't necessarily warrant a contract, no. of, you know, of any kind of. So I mean, I remember some of the the old uh, middle linebackers. I mean, they get 150 tackles yeah. a year. Yeah, and you know, but yeah, to Wes's point, I mean, when you know, for him to think that he he deserves this kind of money, I would assume. I guess I I don't know a whole heck of a lot about him, but. I would have assumed that he was good in coverage. I mean, for inside he's, linebacker, that's he's what you pretty good. Yeah, but he's just—I think—to uh, get to twenty million, you've got to yeah. be quasi shutdown linebacker yep. type. I, that's a very good point about the tackles. I mean, when you try to find the the perks for paying a guy like this, that's what you go to. But there's been tackles at nauseum forever that just tackle. Um, and if you play IDP fantasy football, you know this. You go find some of these dudes. Like one that comes to mind. I think he's on the Steelers. Is that uh, is it Joe Schobert? Like yeah. that's all he does is get tackles. And when I first yeah. started playing IDP, I'd get a dude like him because you're guaranteed to get eight to ten points per week. And, yeah, yeah. But then uh, other than that, there, nobody nobody knows who he is. No, like, no. I mean, he's a good tackling linebacker, but there's a lot more to it than just tackling. <laughs> yeah, there was a linebacker in Denver, Todd Davis. Yeah. I mean, they were debating on whether he was on the Vikings. Were, yeah, they were they were debating on they were, whether if they were going to pay him the league minimum or just let him walk. And he had 160 tackles. Yeah, right. DB, great point on on IDP because when you play fantasy football, you look for the people that can provide you those extra points off of certain mm-hmm. criteria, right? Uh, turnovers, uh, especially when you play in the defensive side. Turnovers. Uh, Recover fumble recoveries, you know, those all fall in line on turnovers, right? So let's look at this. Darius Leonard has, or Shaquille Leonard, I'm sorry, I don't want to disrespect the man. <laughs> he has 11 more forced fumbles, six more interceptions, and 13 more passes deflected than Roquan in the same amount of time. Yeah, he, he's a play, he's more of a playmaker, plain and simple. And perhaps Rokon can develop into this. I mean, he's young, and so he he still has the ceiling to get there. But to demand, it sounds like twenty million out of case. Like this doesn't quite work like that. Um, and that Jason, that's a wonderful point because I could tell you a testimonial about Todd Davis. Yeah, in twenty nineteen, he had one hundred and thirty four tackles, I think, which was like third or fourth in the business. And then the Vikings signed him, and I'm thinking, well, maybe they'll play him. And they hardly played him. Like, they'd only play him out of necessity, and he didn't even play at all last year. Anywhere. So Hey, real quick, Dustin. Marquette wants to hop on. He wants to – you can wish oh. him a happy birthday. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> you, you made it on air, sir. Is it your birthday? Did I miss it? It's my birthday today. Oh, that's right. It's, yeah, okay. Happy, happy birthday. birthday, sir. Happy birthday. Tell us about Broncos camp. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I mean, we got Russell Wilson signed a bunch of times, so. Yeah, and we saw the pictures. How did they, yeah. how, how'd they look? How'd the team look? Pretty good. I mean, pretty confident. I mean, at least the first day, first few days, and then yeah. after Tim Patrick, it went kind of slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about that on the show, him getting hurt. It's a total buzzkill when that kind of stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, wonderful. Any any other takes on Broncos or football for us? Uh, Broncos winning the Super Bowl. Oh, you're calling Ooh. in August 10th. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Well, Wes and I aren't going to sit up here and claim our team's going to do it. So we'll let you have the throne for tonight. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to put money down on the Denver Broncos now. Well, Fredo's already got his team going five and 12. So he's out. <laughs> <laughs> he's all right, well, let's let's talk about uh, fields a little bit because uh, of the Bears voices that we have on the program. Um, so if Jonathan, Thanks. oh, yeah, absolutely, sir. We'll see you next time. Uh, yep. Jonathan, next time. when he when Fredo drops that prognosis of five, 12, six and 11, whatever it is. Is that what you think? I never got that yeah. vibe from you. No, I'm not. I'm not the uh, the over optimistic, uh, insane, delusional. Bears fan that a lot of people that a lot of me and Wes we we interact a lot on on Twitter we see a lot of guys like that so I, I I'm kind of in the same range as Alfredo okay seven would be great mm-hmm. like it would be because we do have an easy schedule so I could see top being seven if we are if Eberflus and Getty are the uh disciplinarians that they say they are they're coaching great competent football I can see maybe 
a seven wins top, but I'm with Alfredo five to six. Well, yeah, that's 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 quite down to earth. I don't know. I, I guess I from the from last couple times on the show, I, I I guess I sense your optimism about the direction it was going, and I mm-hmm. thought that would translate into quasi competitiveness this year, at least towards the postseason. But if you guys are playing the long game, that might explain the optimism. Yeah, that's the that's the biggest difference. And I'll let Alfredo explain his thoughts and I'll try to be quick to give him a little time. Mm-hmm. I just see it as anything different from Nagy show Nagy and Pace shows a positive future. Okay. So a lot of the steps clearing the cap space, bringing in one year deals, a lot of veterans that, you know, want to uh, young veterans that want to make a name for themselves that you can probably find one to five gems out of this roster that you may be able to re-sign still on the cheap for another couple years and then build through the draft next okay. year and the year after. We have 90 million and possibly could be up to 100 million in cap space in uh, 2023, which doesn't mean we necessarily have to use it right away because we just drafted two uh, great DBs out of college that may need to get paid in the next two to three years. You know, when their contracts are starting to be up, you're going to have to pay Justin Fields in the next two years. You're going to have to pay Jalen Johnson coming up. Mm-hmm. People don't think about that. I think he's at the end of his contract. And now you have to try to pay Ro- Roquan if that's the decision that will be made. So I'm going to let Alfredo uh, speak on his thoughts of why his record is that way. I think it has more to do with us being realist at the end of the day. I mean, just based off of this team, And we look at the team, we look at the actual talent, we look at the actual schedule and, you know, being uh, objective fans, we're being realistic. You know, this team doesn't have a lot. Uh, We're, 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 I don't care what Ryan Pohl says, we are rebuilding. Okay. Um, You know, it's like in my house, you know, like he used the example, you know, if I take out the, if I take out the cabinets and I repaint them, you know, I'm just rehabbing it. I'm not, you know, I'm not basically redoing the kitchen. Well, our team is so bad that not only do we have to do that, but we have to put in a new island. We have to re- redo the whole black splash. We have to do the ceilings because there's leaks, you know, like that's a whole rehab, like <laughs> you know, to rebuild. So, you know, that's just the way I see it, man. Like this team, you know, we're going to support this team no matter what. We'll be at the games, you know, I'll still be at the games and all that, but realistically this team is not going far this year we would love it that would be a plus right you know right. that they would they would be you know the, the plus side is that we're wrong right we want to be wrong <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but we just know that we don't have the talent you know uh we just we're just not ready yet we know that we're not ready that this this last organization did us so so bad and there's so many deficiencies on this team it, it it's going to take us at least, I say me personally, it's going to take us at least three years to get this team to where it's supposed to be, where it's even a winning culture, where we can even at, at least start attracting some free agents. Like we weren't even getting that, like we were buying them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> man, I was still so envious of your guys' team in 2018 though. Oh man. Yeah. yeah look, t- oh. Tell them how you were thinking, tell them how you were thinking, Jason, because we talked about it last time. Go ahead and tell us. Well, just we- yeah, real quick. I mean, as a you know, Broncos fan of the last six years, <laughs> I was looking at your team and I saw the, you know, I didn't watch the games really, but I'd see, you know, you know how like on before Sunday night football and things, they air a couple like snippets of games prior and different teams that attract attention. I mean, I remember Trubisky was on there and I thought uh, with uh, – with uh, Nagy, I thought he was a young up-and-comer offensive mind. I thought Trubisky, with the numbers he was putting up, was a, a good young quarterback. I thought you guys had some good pieces there. You made the playoffs. Um, it, I just thought that you guys were the next big thing, actually. You know, because I was watching some pretty bad football during those times in Denver. <laughs> and uh, I looked at your guys' team, and I thought, God, that'd be sweet to have that coach. That'd be sweet <laughs> to have that quarterback. I, I told myself that. I believed it. <laughs> And well, we would have gave, and we would have gave it to you, Jason, for a bag of peanuts. Yeah, I know, and, and, a, and a mild sauce. I know, man. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I mean, God, did, and and then Jonathan, I said, think said the last time that that was just that he knew as a fan that he was watching the Bears, he knew better. And uh, you know, from a from a fan that didn't pay any attention to the Bears, that just kind of saw what he saw. 
Um, it looked good from the outside looking in, but obviously it was it was bad. Jonathan, it was absolutely fool's gold. It was fool's gold. Jonathan, okay. when when dudes like Allen Robinson, Khalil Mack, Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks, Danny Trevathan, when they, I guess, decided they're not coming back, were you like son of a bitch, or were you like good? Let's start over. Yeah, I was. Uh, you know, Khalil Mack hurt me the last time I was on. I believe I was in either Fields or Khalil Mack's jersey uh, <laughs> while we were recording. Uh, that hurt simply because I was just super hyped. Me and Alfredo, yeah. me and Alfredo texted each other at seven o'clock that morning. Like we get up early for work or whatever. We were like, boom, man, did you see that? Bear down. You know, we're excited about it. So we knew the defense was going to be great. Mm-hmm. So it, it hurt to see some of those guys that took us there because yeah. we look back on those wasted years offensively. Like mm-hmm. we wasted these great defenders and the, these great defenses just for mediocre mediocrity, like Jason seen all this fool's gold. We've seen, we watched the mad genius Nagy have some crazy whipped up plays at the four yard line. Instead of running the ball and playing smash mouth football and getting the ball across the goal line, he wants to pitch it to a, a Cole commit or pitch it to <laughs> Jasper. Like, what? Like, stop pitching it to the tight end. Like, just hand the ball to Monty. Like, put a pull back yeah. in there and hand it to Monty. So, you know. Yeah, because yeah. Dustin, you just rattled off some pretty, pretty big that, names. Yeah. And, and they had they have like six other, I wouldn't call them big names, but starters or at least guys that played snaps that aren't coming back either. And I uh I wanted I was I was first of all, I was really waiting to ask them the question about Roquan, the PFF divide, and then I wanted to get their take on if they care that these guys are exiting the stage left. Or or are you happy for the players that they're getting out? I'm happy for me. I'm, ha- I'm happy, I'm happy they're all gone. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy they're all gone. Yeah, for their sake though, or just were you sick of seeing them? Both. Gotcha. Akeem <laughs> Hicks too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The reason why is because he was on the fence. He, it, you know, me and Jonathan talked about this. Like he kept being on the fence, whether or not he was going to stay, or he was going to go, mm. you know, that's the only thing that I didn't like about that situation. Uh, um, you know, Khalil Mack is taking up too much money. Mm. You know, me and Jonathan knew that when the off season happened, we knew that somebody was going to get traded. Somebody big name on this team. There was just no way around it. We knew that. The way that um, Danny Danny Trevathan, he he cannot cover at all. Like he was a, a, a liability out there on every pass. Oh man! Allen <laughs> uh, Robinson, he couldn't even catch a cold. You know, so jeez. So he, just, he, he gave up. he gave up. He gave up last year. Yeah. Yeah. Wes, you know what yeah. this? Wes, you know what this means? This just means that twice per year since what? 2017, 2018, we've always seen the best version of the Bears defense when they play the Vikings. Because when I think of these guys that, you know, you guys are saying good riddance to, I'm like, that guy, that guy's an animal, (laughs) especially Hicks. And then I hear you guys saying, oh, I'm glad he's gone. I'm like, all right. So they really did just shine when they played the Vikings, or at least at Soldier Field, because all it was personal. It was, (laughs) it felt personal, didn't it? Of course they would. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, co- collectively at, at their peak, they were great together. Mm-hmm. Together, like Alfredo said, there were there were holes in Trevathan's game, but the other guys like Hicks and and Mac, they were getting old in the tooth. So we kind of had to just swallow the pill and let them go in order for us to move forward and in order for us to replace those guys. You don't want to keep paying uh 20, 30 million or 20 million a Mac per year, uh 10 to 15 for Hicks when they're in their mid or, or lower to mid thirties and then have to re-sign them for two to three more years, you might as well just get the young guys going. If you're going to keep being mediocre, we've been what, what six, six and or what were we last year? Six and uh, six and 11. And then a year before, I think we were similar eight and eight, two years in a row. So once you get to mediocrity with that great defense, you might as well trade them and get some assets and move on. Well, that's his stat too. And I think a lot of teams, a lot of teams go through that. I can use the, I think it was the 20, was it 17 or 18 Jaguars with their defense that kind of did the same. And someone could even argue the, the 2015 Broncos and even back to the 2013 uh, Seahawks, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, they're really good for one year and then they are top 10, top 15, but then they gradually kind of, 
you know, I mean, to be, to have one of those, um, all time defenses, you need a lot of things to go right. Um, and when some of those things don't go right, some of those guys, you can really start seeing some, some deficiencies, if you will. And, 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 but, but the national attention that it's garnered because of how great they were that one particular year makes it difficult for an organization, I think, to part ways with them. Alfredo, uh, what I want to ask you on the final against Bears topic before we talk about some Patriots and Deshaun Watson stuff, and this one might be tricky because uh, it seems like you and your your pal here have a great handle on things, but I want to ask you this. So if you're conceding that this is a, a rebuilding year in the ballpark of 5-12 and 12, and the way that the world analyzes quarterback performance, if Justin Fields in his second year can only get 5-12 and 12 done, how do you sell it to the general public or even your own fan base that this guy doesn't suck? Because whether you like it or not, he's going to get blamed for not being Justin Herbert or not being Patrick Mahomes. We don't have the patience to look past quarterback record a lot of the times in the world. I do, but people don't. Well, people should with Herbert too, though, then if that's the yeah. case, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So how do you how do you sell it? Do you just do you just say screw the the people? We're gonna keep doing this because he's gonna get blamed for this, won't he? I don't necessarily think so. I see it a different way. I see it as the organization didn't set him up with a lot of help Mm -hmm. on purpose so that they can actually see his his development themselves. And that'll be the way out. They can always say, hey, listen, we know that we didn't give him a lot around him. So we just wanted to see that he can actually take the next step to be a better quarterback. Like they just want to see him progress under their system. Okay. Like that's the first step, you know? So to me, I think personally, this is his rookie season with this, this, this regime, you know, I think he's going to learn a professional offense. I think he's going to look a little bit like a professional quarterback because last year he looked like a deer in the headlights. So, you know, I feel like that's going to be their out is that, you know, that's why they did that. They didn't surround him with a lot of weapons in the off season on purpose so that they can at least see, you know, that'll be their out. If they go five and 12, that'll be their out. But if they go, you know, they win six, seven games then they could say, okay, well, he's progressing. So now we can go ahead and give him the weapons and put everything around him. Because at the end of the day, this organization does not owe Justin Fields anything. I want to be perfectly clear when I say that. Mm -hmm. So they did not draft him. Are you sold or convinced that they are set on him? Are you suggesting that they go four and 13 and say, screw him, we're drafting Bryce Young or something? I feel like the organization is being skeptical ah, and they have, okay. and they, and they have every right to be because they, they weren't the ones that it's were not their invested. guy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that mm. happens a lot okay. all around the NFL. And I've been saying this for, and, and Jonathan doesn't like that. I say this, <laughs> but I say it because it's the truth. You know, when you have a brand new organization, they always want their guy. They want their guy to say that this is the guy that they've groomed. I think they're looking at him with a side eye. Like we think we, we think we, you know, you're the guy, but we're not sure. You know, they're moonlighting with him. That's my personal opinion. (laughs) This is is what uh, they gave Justin Fields. They gave him, uh, and this is in terms of money spent. uh, The 31st uh, team and money spent on the offensive line. Uh, the 30th team on money spent at the wide receiver position and the 27th team uh, on money spent at the tight end position. Granted, um, Komet and Mooney are still on their rookie contracts, but still, that's pretty glaring. Um, and just be happy that Dakota Do- Dozier is not going to be playing for you guys this year because he would have started and you guys would have been throwing your arms up every time. I thought I seen a Dozier uh, jersey in the background there, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan is uh, so. All of this sounds to me the way Fredo described it as a fall guy situation. So it sounds like you disagree. I, I, I disagree minimally uh, in regards to what he's saying because of what I've seen so far with how they're handling media with Justin. Pose constantly says that he's their guy. He had him in the draft room with him. When uh, or, or went over the draft uh, with him when it comes to wide receivers, discussed Bayless Jones as one of the options that he wanted to uh, draft immediately afterwards on the podium when uh, at the presser about the draft, polls advised that he asked and, and spoke with 
Justin Fields about receivers that he would like to play with. And Bayless was one of the, the top ones that he spoke of. Getsy has been given ringing endorsements uh, for him. Uh, so a lot of the coaching staff is backing him. I do agree with my bro about how their skepticism, because I feel like they're giving us a lot of old school feel. We're not just going to hand you anything. They were doing it with, and I know we're going to get into this maybe a little later, uh, Tevin Jenkins, they're doing it with him. They're not handing him a starting role. They're not handing Roquan Smith a contract, and they're not just going to hand in, uh, oh, yeah, he's he's the guy. That's the man. Like, they're not going to give those ringing endorsements, but they are praising him at every improvement. They're praising his footwork, uh, praising his progress, and I feel like this year is – uh, the slogan I would say for this year is progress over success. So as long as they see some progress, like Alfredo said, that he's learning the system, he has a great grasp of it. He's bringing some sort of excitement because we've seen some dog teams. Bears and Vikings fans have seen some pretty bad teams that are exciting. Not every Adrian Peterson team was a great team. Mm-hmm. Not every Stefan Diggs and Thielen team was a great team. Not every Allen Robinson and Bears and Mac team was a great team, but they provided excitement during that year of bad record, if you will. But you can still see progression. You can still see growth and connection and that you will you'll still be able to see if Fields gets it, if he understands the NFL, if he understands the system and if he understands what it takes to be a leader. So I think that's what they're looking for at the end of this year. Okay. And they'll decide then. On uh, yeah, I don't know if we'll have time to get back to Jenkins, so I'll ask you about it now. Uh, first or second rounder last year, allegedly on the trading block already. Is that because he's not a, a pole poles type of lineman, or is it a little early to be given up? I think he's I think he's just a little in, in a mental bad mental space. Uh, I'll try to be quick. Uh, I believe over the last year with his back injury, he's been hearing all the media pounding down on him. I listened to an interview with Scott Wright and Taylor, uh, as well as Dylan from Windy City Gridiron. Hopefully I'm saying that right. And Scott Wright advised that he wasn't a big media guy. He didn't like interviews. He didn't like hearing anything. He didn't really have to fight for a position. They kind of handed it to him before he was ready because he was so talented. So Mm -hmm. it's almost like he's been gifted everything. So after last year, hearing all the your back is they shouldn't have drafted you. Your back is giving you issues. You come on the field. He was talking about PFF. He had a super poor <laughs> PFF grade. Uh, I think he he gave up. I mean, he had seven penalties in 160 snaps and gave up, I think, three or four sacks. That That's not good. That's not very good at all. So I think all the pressure that's coming down on him and then this tough tougher organization than the last organization let let him know it's not going to be easy you're going to have to run with the twos through this whole thing and we're not just going to hand it to you i think it's just a mental thing and that you know his talent can't can't come out because he's dealing with something i think it was no injury i think he just was dealing with a bad mental space not knowing what to do not 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 knowing what to do with the attitude reports and bad character reports that came out the trade rumor calls he said he first he said that he didn't uh he doesn't talk to polls about the trade rumors. He talks to his agent. And then when they asked, what did the agent say? He said, I don't want to talk about it. But they're claiming there are no calls. So if there was no calls, just say there were no calls. So I think he's dealing with a lot behind the scenes. So we'll see. We'll see. Fredo, do you disagree at all on Jenkins? I disagree with that, with the, with the situation of the mental part. Because at the end of the day, you know, you're you weren't drafted by this or re- this regime. This regime owes you nothing, absolutely nothing. So whatever they're asking of you to do in this new regime, you should do it. You barely played last year, um, you know. So to me, that mental stuff, I'm not buying that. I just feel like they 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 actually prefer other guys over him, and I feel like he feels that he deserves to get automatic treatment that he deserves. He's that much of a guy that he deserves to get what he deserves. And it doesn't work like this with this regime. They're putting the best guy at the best position at every position. So everyone, it's an open competition. Whoever's the best guy is who's going to play. Whoever's available is going to play. So that's where I disagree with Jonathan in terms of the mental aspect. 
I feel like, you know, if you were, you're eligible to play, you get out there and play. If you want to prove to everybody that you're this, this type of tackle. Yeah. I ain't saying bless him with a, a starting lineup because it's mental <laughs> issues. I think that he's just going through those. Mental it sounded issues. like it. <laughs> no, I, I, I literally said that he's going through mental issues. They're not handing him shit. That's what I mean. He's going through his shit. I'm not telling him that it's okay. He's just going through it. That's on him. If he's not going to uh, uh, put the talent to work and put the talent to, to face to prove them wrong, that's on him. That's why I said we'll see. We'll see if he steps up. Wes, let's talk about, I think you had the Patriots on the docket. Um, you had on there some offensive concerns or troubles. Uh, the one tweet that came out this week is that, that they're spending the most on wide receivers not even per capita, just wide receivers in general. And you'll draft hardly any of them besides Dante Parker in a fantasy draft. Not that that matters to Belichick one bet, but uh, tell me about these offensive woes and how does that correlate to their supreme spending wide receiver? Yeah. I mean, it, from all the reports, it's definitely looking to be a concern. Um, they're having uh, Matt Patricia, who was formerly ousted in Detroit. Um, pick up the play calling duties on offense. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like you mentioned, they have uh number one uh, cap hit for pass catchers. That's the tight end group and wide receiver group. And I just, I'm not seeing anything out of that group that screams, you know, we have to watch out for that guy. We have to double that guy. And that's problematic. And then you have a, uh, a O-line guy essentially calling the plays that it just doesn't bode well for the team. Uh, so I, if this continues, if they don't get somebody in there that knows what they're doing, I, I don't think that Belichick can work his magic to uh, return them to the playoffs again. They, the Patriots do two things wrong. Uh, the first one is every free agent, period that first week of legal tampering there's always one team that just signs guys they don't go out and sign stars they just get guys and i think 2021 it was the patriots and the texans they just signed dudes and they were like <laughs> they were like here's four years 40 million and then the jaguars did it this year they're like you know we're gonna get six guys that you know dan at the grocery store has never heard of but they're each getting 12 million a piece so it just looks like they're doing something and then the rubber hits the road here in training camp and then on podcasts like this we're like what the hell is the deal with them i don't know any of their wide receivers and then secondarily one of the biggest myths we've talked about this before in the world is that bill balachek is this wizard for everything football he is but not in the draft he has so many whiffs in the draft it's, <laughs> it's same thing with the seahawks you think oh they're structurally sound or it's kind of like the pittsburgh steelers always having a good defense they're always got a good defense well, last year it was shit. Nobody cared. Uh, but with Belichick, his draft, it, it's just not good, especially for offensive players in the early rounds. Now he finds dudes, you know, the cliche off the street and undraft agency like a madman and tells Brady, go do your tricks. And Brady does the tricks. But uh, I think the Patriots, nobody will ever count them out. But I just don't think that for having the top wide receiving core, tight end core in the league, I would be pissed if the Vikings just had a bunch of scrubs that are handsomely paid and because the <laughs> Patriots do it, we're like, Oh, there's a method to this madness. Bunch of Christian Kirks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, they just blow. It's like blowing it. I, it's, it's like doing stuff just to do stuff. And at, one team always does it each March and people get all excited. Like, oh, we're making big moves. And it's like that guy ain't shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Fredo. Hey, Matt Patricia, though, <laughs> that it can't be undercounted how, how awful that sounds. And <laughs> well, usually, sound bad. But when those dudes come back to Belichick, they usually do okay. That's the problem, or that's the thinking. Like they go out on their own, they fall <laughs> yeah, flat on their face, and then they Patricia was, was the defensive, defensive coordinator. coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> they got the calling offense in place, helping out on the offense. I, I read that and I thought that was satire. Good. I mean, it's like, well, yeah, that you guys want. Well, Nobody else in the group will know about this, but the Bengals hired Adam Zimmer as an offensive analyst, and that's Mike Zimmer's son. <laughs> and it's like, Jeez. I had to look around in multiple sources to see if there was a typo. And it's like, you don't want <laughs> they couldn't even coach a defense. You don't want him touching the offense. Jeez. Uh, Fredo, what hey, do let's, we bring, mi- let's bring in Adam Gase as defensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah. yeah, give him a fair shake. Fredo, what are we missing about this Patriots offense? Anything? 
Oh man, I mean, I think that I think that they're the to me they're they're the the worst team in that division. Um, I mean, I think if you just look at that division as a whole, I mean, it's gotten better. Um, I think that they're they're I don't I don't see them winning a lot of games in that division. I mean, that's me personally. I don't I don't see it. I mean, like Wes mentioned, I don't see the wide receivers. Um, I mean, I'm not a big Mac Jones guy. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just not. I think he's Daniel Jones 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> this is my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sold on him. Um, Danny so. Dimes. <laughs> <laughs> Double D. Double D. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. Jonathan, tell me, tell me how on earth that these seven names are the highest paid group in the NFL. Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, <laughs> Trey Nixon, Henry, uh, Hunter Henry, and Janu Smith. That is the cream of the crop for spending in the NFL. Yeah. Hey. Well, and, well, and real quick, though, with uh, uh, Smith and Henry, those were coveted. Covered yeah. pickups the, the year they got both those. Yeah, both those guys fucking dog shit. I yeah. mean, those guys were so bad last year. <laughs> So, Jonathan, that that group, um, highest paid evidently in the world, and where are we going wrong? That's why I'm laughing at Wes saying that the Bears have the lowest paid wide receiver room (laughs) when the highest paid is just as trash as the lowest paid. That's true. (laughs) Which ones are better than Mooney? Which oh, ones are better than Mooney? West? Well, none of so, them. Anyway, none of them. Exactly. Zero. <laughs> but and that's just a fun, that's just a funny uh, throwback to Wes's comment. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't see why. I think the they they were just doing what you, you all just mentioned, just throwing money at the wall and making it seem like they were making movements. People got excited about it. I don't see one name on there. Kendrick Bourne used to be with uh, San Francisco 49ers. Nelson Aguilar can't catch ish. Uh, half the time. Hunter Henry was good for the years he was in San Diego. I guess he don't like cold weather now that he's in, in New England. John o. Smith was everybody's darling in fantasy football for four to five years. I guess maybe that's why. Maybe they're still waiting. They paid him for what <laughs> might happen. I don't know. It, it's a it's a trash lineup. They're the <laughs> highest thing. But we're mismanaging money. No, I think we're playing the smart game for next year, and they're selling fans BS because they lost Tom Brady. So yeah, is- you you got to think that this was an this is so unlike Bill Belichick. You have to think that he made this this decision in a, in a simple reaction to Brady getting his ring. You have to believe that because Bill Bill Belichick has never done anything like this before, and yeah. and, and obviously it didn't work. He's getting old. <laughs> yeah, he might be suffering from dementia. <laughs> like, what, like I don't remember what did we offer him. The agent just throws out a number. Yeah, twelve million. Yeah, my guy's getting twelve that, million. Oh yeah, yeah, just, yeah. That'll work fine. I think there are only three quarterbacks that could take that group and make you remember them, and that's Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and drumroll please, old or Tom Brady, the guy that they had two years ago. <laughs> now, if this, if Brady was on this team, I'd look at these receivers and be like, yeah, they'll be fine. <laughs> but. <laughs> But Mac Jones doesn't have that voodoo, and nobody ever really has for Brady. Uh, Wes, I think we yeah. got about time for one more topic. So between Deshaun, Rogers on shrooms or whatever, which one do you want to talk about? Uh, let's go with the uh, the fantasy corner. Okay, let's do that one. Fire it up. All right. Uh, so Cody and I were supposed to jump on this, and you other guys can jump in. Um Cody wanted me to mention that he has Naheem Hines and, um, oh God, who was the other guy? He said, um, Naheem Hines and Chase Edmonds as his, uh, running back, uh, running backs to look out for. We know from last, uh, episode, Trey Lance is also his guy at quarterback. Uh, for me, I have Tua Tungavailoa. I actually have, the Miami Dolphins unseating the Buffalo Bills in the East this year. You heard it here first. That's so bold, though, man. Like it, 
Is it though? They had, It'd be they one thing if the, it was unseating the, the Titans, but this is the Bills. The Bills had the number one easiest schedule last year. They faced six teams that made the playoffs, which was the second fewest, and won only two of those contests. They won just four of ten games uh, when not winning the turnover battle, and now they have the second largest increase in schedule difficulty this year. So, plus everybody got better in the division, like. Fredo said, so I've got the Miami Dolphins shocking some people this year. Do you have the Bills falling short of the Super Bowl, too? Um, I think that they still can make the Super Bowl. Um, I think this tougher road for them will probably be for the better. Okay, that checks out. Um, for myself, for uh, quarterback... So I had Tua for running back. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, Monty in Chicago because uh, Khalil Herbert, he is nipping at his heels. And I don't think um, this regime is invested in paying Monty. So I, I think they're going to usher in Herbert a little more so than um, – a lot of fantasy managers would want for Monty. Um, I think where Alvin Kamara is going is, is a good value. He's going in the second round and um, who's my other guy. I think Aaron Jones actually makes a a splash as well. Uh, It'll probably be a two headed monster, but when um, Devontae Adams was out for, I think two or three games last year, Jones actually led the team in targets and I believe was the top fantasy running back that uh, for those two or three weeks. So those are my guys. Those are your dudes Uh, between Jonathan Fredo. You guys got any guys or you keep those close to the, to the chest. We play in the same league. So (laughs) like we, we, which, which, which I've been the champion. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me, I I got you. He's the reigning champion, so I don't. That's why I'm saying I don't tell him anything. He's the he's the the commissioner, reigning champion, the trade master. He fools everybody into trades, other than me. And then I slip in the playoffs, end up losing, and then he wins the championship. Because so he's the champion, so that's why I don't speak on that with him. (laughs) <laughs> all right my uh my three aren't too sexy um but i think they're somewhat noteworthy if you're one of the guys or gals that just waits till the very end to get a quarterback because you value the other positions i think matt ryan is a decent value if you wait all the way to the horn uh running back i think i've already said on the show aj Dillon. i think inevitably the packers will have to run the ball more and i think it'll be more of a split even split between jones and Dillon, even though jones get paid handsomely and then certainly not a sleeper but i think uh juju smith schuster is totally rejuvenated with the chiefs because if not him then who Mahomes has got to throw four thousand yards to somebody we know that like clockwork so those are my biggies anything else gentlemen any closing arguments fredo um, well, I mean, fantasy wise, I mean, this year, I mean, there's a certain guys that I like, um, but I, I'm going to keep them close to the vest because, you know, the champion, <laughs> the champion never reveals his secrets, you know, <laughs> what about any Viking slander? You got that for us? I thought I would have heard some. <laughs> no, because actually, uh, to be honest with you, I like your, your general manager. I like oh. I, I I like your general manager. Um, I don't like her cousins, but no. I like your general manager. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll take what we can get. <laughs> Jonathan, nice, nice stadium. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you can't take that from us, uh, Jonathan. Any any, any fantasy fantasy tidbits or Viking slander you have to get out of the way? No, it's FGB all day. We don't really care about the Vikings. We beat you all most of the time. No, you if don't. we if you all have a better roster. Well, who really remembers the Vikings other than Dalvin Cook? And then he gets injured, and then you guys are forgotten other than Justin Jefferson. So that's my Vikings slander. No one really cares about the Vikings, but FGB and the Lions are the trash of the the division. <laughs> Hard knocks I mean, don't the, inspire you. Oh no, they can they 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 that was a waste of film. 
<laughs> yeah, see the thing about Wes and I and almost all Vikings fans is we don't we don't have any beef with the Lions whatsoever. We're just <laughs> yeah, well, you know, none yeah, whatsoever. Good, yeah, I guess. No, they're just, like I uh I'll sit down and your team will be playing and the Packers will be playing. I'll be like, God, I hope these guys just get skewered. But then the Lions play and I find myself cheering for them against the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like my little brother. It's weird. <laughs> Yeah, they have that effect where nobody can really hate them. I mean, for anything. I mean, why? Why would you? Uh, Jason, any closing arguments for anything on you? You know, no closing arguments, but the Denver Broncos finally have an official owner that was solidified. So that was, that's pretty sweet. My that's favorite exciting. part of that was uh, Mr. Walton uh, during his press conference calling Goodell, uh, calling him Goodell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, no, I'm excited to, to, you know, obviously with, uh, Pat Bolin and, uh, in his family in the forefront of your mind. I mean, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's time that we, uh, finally got somebody in charge out there. So, yeah. All right, Wes, uh, we'll let Cody know too. We are due for a, projections show for either standings in general or while or playoffs and then on the Super Bowl either next week or sometime before the regular season starts and then we usually have some sort of not usually last year we had some sort of MVP show so we'll have to figure out the size for that all right Fredo Jonathan thanks for joining us you you guys don't be uh shy um when you guys uh you kind of implied that you were waiting for the call back well you can call us because you know <laughs> whenever you want to come on uh, we won't necessarily spend 40 minutes on the Bears each time, but we will go around <laughs> the horn with the rest of it. Fredo, it was great to meet you. Good, sir. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Yeah, yeah thanks for joining us, guys. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. You all have a wonderful week. You too. You too, you too guys. Thanks. Good night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.